And welcome back to the Creative Influencer Podcast, where we chat about living as the most epic version of yourself, being an entrepreneur, personal development goals, mom hustle, and starting a new life over as a single boss babe. Life is way too short to sweat the small stuff and living your life as the most intentional and exceptional version of you is the only way to achieve your dreams. I'm your girl, Amanda, an entrepreneur and goal-obsessed hustler in personal development, business, and fitness. So if that's your vibe too, then we are going to be besties. I freaking love sharing my new goals, ideas, and business successes to help you achieve the goals you want as a high achiever. My growth is the reason I started this podcast, and because I'm like anyone else out there, sometimes I didn't believe enough in what I could truly accomplish in life. So let's dive in. Get started on this episode. Grab some notepapers, some pens, and your heart and your mind to fill with some really good stuff. Hey, okay. So, but before we get started into another episode, I want to share my new and exciting news about all the latest and greatest. Courses have officially launched, and they're so freaking good, filled with such great content and value, and I cannot wait to see you there in class. The RB High Achiever course has been on my heart for so long, and I am so beyond happy to be able to deliver this course for everyone. So make sure to head over to the website, rbfurnitureshop.com forward slash courses, or check out my link in the details of this podcast where you can click into all of the courses, our shop, our Etsy store, everything is up there and I cannot wait to see you there in class. Back to episode 87 on the podcast, we're talking about new relationships and dating and my advice for meeting new people and how not to feel so overwhelmed and alone. I think alone is important in this because it seems to be the common thread that keeps on popping up when people get into a new relationship, when they're coming out of an old relationship, when they're just in relationships. I think that a common discussion point can be where we have to become a little bit more comfortable with being alone. I think alone I think we are wired as human beings, as a species to have more community and involvement. And often people are seeking out comfort in a relationship sometimes where it doesn't always happen to be like a healthy perspective and or point. So in this podcast, we're going to break down on this episode and talk about that and what is popping up here on relationships and dating advice. So here we go. Well, I've actually been wanting to record this podcast for a long time. I think that it's been something that keeps on popping up. It keeps on popping up as a question for me. I am a little bit about me just for anybody that's tuning in that is new here to the podcast. So my name is Amanda and I am an entrepreneur. I'm a mom of three beautiful kids and I also am recently, I should I just stop saying that I'm not recently. It's been a while, a hot minute. I have been uh, out of a relationship with my ex in a marriage for about two years now and have just recently 
started dating. And that is a wild, wild ride. Let's just say that. So I get asked quite a bit and I wanted to talk about the one question that I often put off answering. And I have put off answering this question for a long time, especially when you come onto these platforms and you got to talk about yourself, you have to make yourself vulnerable. And one of the promises that I had to myself was to, I don't want to necessarily say expose, because I feel like that's such a cliche kind of word, but I feel that making yourself feel very uncomfortable or being vulnerable in a situation, this podcast, definitely putting my personal life out there is a little bit of a sensitive subject for me because I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to expose anybody where they're going to feel that I'm attacking or, you know, coming from a negative context. I obviously have my kids that listen into this podcast and will follow me, you know, throughout social media and anything that I share or comment on or, you know, put together, I want to make sure that they, it's for their ears as well. Let's just keep it at that. Now, I don't want to sugarcoat things because I feel like when you're not real and transparent, then things tend to get a little murky in the sugar, like the sugar coat. But the one question that I have been putting off is that yes, I have started to date. Yes, I am starting to date again. And that has been a long time for Amanda because this is going back. And remember guys, hold on to your seats here. It's been about 20 years because I was in a relationship, I was in a marriage for, you know, almost with the same person for almost 18 years. It was a long relationship. It was a marriage. We had kids. We were married. It, we had a house, like all the stuff. We did all the stuff that married people do, like all the normal stuff that people, married people do. It was for a while. 18 years is a long period of time. It was the longest standing relationship that I ever had with any other person. I think that I, as an adult, spent more time as an adult with that person and in that relationship than what I have as single Amanda and trying to reestablish what single Amanda looks like, that's been a hot minute. And that's been some deep time to trying to figure out who I am, what I am, what I want, what my goals are, what I'm looking for in a relationship and all of the stuff in between. And I think ladies, men, anybody that's looking to date out there, People will ask me one of the questions you got asked often, which is a common question. It's what are you looking for in a relationship? And I have like, I have a list. Not only is it a list, like I got like a manifestation board going on with all of the things that I am looking for in a relationship. And sometimes people feel that that might be a little overwhelming for them. It's a little too much. 100% no. You could have a little list. You could have a big list. You could have, you got to have a list. You have to make yourself a goal list as to what you are looking for in a new relationship. So one question I've been putting off for a while, that is, yes, I am back out there and dating and learning all about myself again. Okay. So second question up is, One of the hard things that 
I think I would like to share and know about my marriage that I had. So one of the hard truths I think that would pop up wouldn't be again to, you know, negatively shame or anything. One of the hard truths that I've shared often on the podcast is that it was a complicated relationship because after a failure of a marriage and the breakdown of that, because we cross paths in business, like we cross paths in business and we're intertwined in things. It was very messy to try to navigate out of that. I think for both parties, more so me than what it was for him. And that was really hard. That was really hard to navigate through that. I know a lot of people go through relationships and have comparable situations where, you know, they could be in business together, that relationship dissolves, and then things are messy in the in-between. Things that I've learned going forward is that I would always protect my interests with that in a new relationship, meaning that it would be very difficult for me without some type of legalized document to go forward with in a relationship that prevents the messiness of business and crossover in relationships. I'm just saying that for me, it wasn't like, I know other people have had much more messier situations and the legality stuff is like goes much deeper than what mine was. I'm just saying from personal experience to not have the headache of that going through separation and divorce and all of that stuff. When you are in a relationship with somebody and then things get messy and then things get complicated and that the relationship dissolves. And I would even recommend this. Like it doesn't even have to be like a romantic relationship. Like even just in a business relationship where you have a business partner, like make sure the legal documents are signed, protect your interests, protect, 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 like go over the top to protect yourself because things can change in a heartbeat. And you just want to make sure that if you have place a lot of interest and time into one area of your life and maybe that's your business maybe that is your you know just don't complicate the two keep your business and your personal separate (laughs) that's my advice and one of the hard truths that I think that when you go through and often like when I was in my 20s I definitely did not have the mindset of where I am right now in my 40s and let's just reverse a little bit I got married when I was pretty young compared to today's standards being 23 and, you know, married and having kids by the time I was in my mid 20s. Oh my gosh, that's like pretty unheard of for today's standards. A lot of my friends, a lot of my family, they're much more progressive, like in age where they are in their 30s, perhaps even getting into their 40s before they're even thinking about kids and marriage. I am in my 40s and I've already done both. And I think that now second time around thinking about those things, different mindset, different wiring, different growth. I mean, it's 20 years of growing, 20 years of education, 20 years of learning. And I'm just saying that protect, protect, protect. Okay, so do my thoughts on staying in a marriage for the kids. This has been 
And I wanted to write down a bunch of different questions that were going to pop up because I feel that I want to disclose all of this stuff and put it out there on the table. Because I think a lot of people can learn from this. I know that there are a lot of women that listen to this podcast that are going through similar situations where perhaps, you know, they're recently divorced, perhaps they're separated, perhaps they're thinking about that, perhaps they're thinking about, you know, staying in a marriage, not staying in a marriage. So for me, I was always of the mindset when I was younger and I've learned and grown, I've, what I have done over the past few years and spending time and learning and growing about myself is that I think a lot of my childhood trauma is connected to what I was looking for in a relationship. Meaning that when I was a little girl, my parents did not have a very static relationship. So their relationship was often very traumatic. There was a lot of arguments when we had at home. Um, my mom was, you know, an alcoholic growing up and that was really devastating. My dad would be offshore and he would work on an oil rig and then he would come back and we would be left at home with a parent that was clearly not able to take care of two little kids. And she was really struggling. I think with a lot of mental health stuff, like there was just a lot of things going on. So my childhood wasn't the greatest. It was very traumatic. It was very, very, very loud and just abrupt. And there was arguments and all this stuff and alcoholism. And I feel that when I was in my 20s, my idea of perfection, my idea of marriage and concept was to look for the exact opposite of that. So having somebody that was safe and secure and would be a protector and have a house and have kids. And then also for myself, being able to show my kids that that version of like this, and I've got like air quotes going right now, but the version of like that apple pie mom being at home, sewing, mending, doing laundry, baking fresh bread, all of the beautiful stuff, which we, by the way, we know now is completely 100% unachievable for me. Anyways, I know that there are some women that do that, but completely unrealistic if we look at Amanda in her 20s that's now thinking about how that is even possibly achievable. So I think I rushed into a relationship where I was looking for all of these things because my past traumatic like childhood had allowed me to sort of like build up like this idea of perfection and that's what my mind had built up. I don't regret doing that. I'm just trying to explain where I was in my 20s at a much younger version, getting into a relationship that was very heavily invested, having kids that was, you know, pretty young and then being able to, you know, sort of stay the course over the period of time. So do I think that staying in a marriage is a good thing for the kids? I think that that is a personal, personal, personal decision that you will have to make for yourself and or with your spouse or spouse or ex or whatever that is. I think the idea of divorce scares a lot of people because 
I think we tend to talk about divorce more on a negative perspective than what we do on a positive, just because of the way that it's more, people are more attracted to gossip and negativity and that. So it tends to come up more in conversation from a negative perspective, but I don't think divorce and or separation needs to be messy and awful. I think that there should be boundaries that are put in place and both parties need to respect those boundaries. I don't think for me personally, it would have been a good situation to stay for the kids. And that was definitely something that I tried to go over in my mind, really deeply consider because these are the lives of three human beings that we've brought into the world. And did it make sense for mom and dad to still stay in an unhappy relationship where we, we knew at that point where we weren't able to fix it just to save face and be there with the kids? So for me, my answer to that would have been no. Because I think that we're much better parents apart than what we are together. And as long as the boundaries are kept and checked in place where you're respecting each other. And again, just reflecting back on my own situation, if you can do that, I think that it's a very positive way to go. I don't, I'm not encouraging divorce or separation or anything like that. I just think that if you are unhappy and you're not able to get yourself happy and you're not able to work through your problems and you're not able to work and mediate through your relationship, I 100% would rather not be in a relationship that is absolute misery than being in a relationship, um, you know, just in being alone by myself. I am way happier person being alone than what I am spending an eternity with somebody that doesn't want to be with me. And I think that that trickles down. Like I'm such a, I'm such the type of person where that's reflected in everything I do. So you can clearly see that from like my work, my content. If you look at content that I was posting a few years ago, it's nowhere near the same content and creativity level of where it is today. And I think that's because I have a clearer mind. I just have a clearer vision. It's I'm able to focus more deeply on things and it's okay. It's okay to have grown apart. I look at that relationship. It was like a beautiful thing we had, it was a great book. Um, but you know, now it's on to the next one and you can't rewrite the first one. It's like the sequel's never as good as the, the, you know, the first. So I personally feel that it was in my best interest to do that, but I think you have to look at that on a case by case basis. And if you are not a hundred percent deeply invested into your relationship and you have tried to work things out and you don't see any future there, if you cannot see the future with somebody, then I definitely think that your own well-being and mental health and all of that stuff is worth more than the sacrifice that you're going to put on your family with being unhappy, in my opinion. But, you know, that's where I am. Would I have been better off staying in that relationship than where I am today. And I think that this is often pops up a lot. I, I don't know. I'm going to say like, it's, it's, it, I'm sure when men think about this question as much as women, I think when you go through any type of relationships that have dissolved, you definitely go back after a while and reflect, was that a good choice? Did I make the right decision? Am I doing the right thing? Am I 
you know, on the path to success because, you know, the grass is not always greener on the other side. It makes things very complicated when you're leaving one security for the unknown. So do I think I would have been better off staying? No, I think that I think that I've made the best choice for me, for my family, for my kids, for being a mom, for, you know, doing all of the stuff. And that's what's more important to me than anything. Like, I feel that that is the most important thing is making sure that I'm happy so that I'm able to deliver, you know, a great exceptional version of me to be their mom and, and just, you know, show up for my family and for my kids. And that that means the world to me. I think that that is the most important thing to do. I feel that in a relationship, the greatest and most successful relationships I feel that are deeply connected with one another are the ones that are constantly evolving and have deep connection because they respect each other's values and are constantly challenging each other to grow. I think when you remove those elements in a relationship and you lose disconnection, and then you lose the respect for the values and or growth, that is definitely where you tend to see a lot of fallout or breakdown in a relationship. Now, I am not a relationship expert, and if you're tuning into this podcast for relationship expert advice, you are definitely on the wrong platform. I am just a regular old mom. I am a girl that's just looking to navigate through and the things that I am starting to discover and or learn on this path are definitely popping up and warrant more podcast content because I feel that in most of the podcasts and the content that I come up with, if this is tugging at my sleeve, it's got to be tugging at somebody else's. And that's generally how I come up with this content of the stuff. But I feel that that's the greatest success for a relationship. And often where, you know, we're looking to have really deep connection, I feel like a lot of relationships just don't have that deep connection nowadays. Now, it's not saying that y'all don't have deep connection with your partner because I do feel that there are a lot of people. I just feel that if you're asking that question, you should really be looking to relationships take work. Like they take work and it's far easier to sit alone than what it is to to work in a relationship because I just have myself to worry about. I have me and myself and I to show up to make sure that I'm doing the things right. It's far more difficult to involve another person, another personality, another set of values and goals and all of that stuff and, and want to work towards that, uh, that, that person. I think that if I was to go back and like reflect areas of my relationship and what I was doing wrong, what I was doing wrong in my previous relationship is that I was allowing boundaries to be compromised. And in terms of those boundaries being compromised, what was happening is I was becoming resentful towards that. I mean, I don't want to paint this amazing picture of that I was 
perfect and sitting in perfection and, and all of that stuff in a relationship because I wasn't. I want to be transparent and make sure that people understand that when you allow yourself to be compromised in a way where your boundaries that you've laid out for a person constantly you know, gets passed. And then you try to be the type of person that goes in there to fix it. I would try to always be the problem solver. Like I'll just take care of it. I'll just take care of it. Over time you become resentful. And with that resentment becomes anger and you become mad and all of these negative emotions and feelings start to pop up. It's hard when you're in a marriage and you have kids and you've got a mortgage and you got babies that are crying in the middle of the night and toddlers and teething and all Like, here's the thing is that if you're in a relationship with somebody and it's brand new, and when I say like it's fresh, it's under a year, it's a year or less, and you're having difficulties in that relationship without any of the spicy stuff that starts to get in there. I'm talking like kids. I'm talking like babies waking up in the middle of the night. And if you are mamas out there, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's when things get spicy. You need to have a partner that's there to support you, to help you. And, you know, maybe that's the partner's not getting up in the middle of the night. That's not the point. That's not what I'm trying to get to on this. I'm just saying that if you are starting to see things that are red flags early on in a relationship without having to deal with all the spicy life stuff, you need to sit down with your partner and you got to navigate through that stuff because when the real stuff starts to happen, the real challenging stuff starts to pop up. That's where you need to have somebody that is super, super supportive and understands you and can sit there and they can grow with you and all of that stuff. Okay, so some advice that I would give for new relationships. Some of the advice that I would give for a new relationship would be definitely goals and values. You need to align with what your goals and what your values are on a medium plane. That's not to say that you can't have different likes and dislikes, but in general, values and goals that you were trying to achieve and accommodate in your own life should be aligning with that other person. I mean, if I don't value a particular thing that my partner does or vice versa, that that partner doesn't value something that I want to do, there becomes a lot of friction in a relationship when you can't find a common ground there. And this definitely was one of the reasons why previously in a relationship that that I've had in the past where that became very well known and there was a lot of friction towards that. I think that when you have different goals and they could be, you know, goals, goals can happen where they're in, you know, a one month goal, a six month goal, a 10 year goal. There's lots of different goals that people can have. Again, if you don't have alignment and or common ground that's there, I think that that is very difficult for you to proceed 
further and deeper into a relationship. If my goal perhaps is to climb, you know, let's just say it's to summit Mount Everest and my partner is not supporting me in that journey and or interested in that journey or doesn't see value in that, it becomes difficult for me to then respect that person because I have now start to feel resentful towards that because they're not thinking about me. They don't care about me. They don't, you know, do all the things and it starts to channel all of that. So I think that the, the two pieces, two number one pieces of advice that I would give for a new relationship would be to have alignment in values and goals. That doesn't mean to say that likes and dislikes or the same thing. You can definitely have different likes, different dislikes. You don't have to eat the same things. You don't have to, you know, share the same outings. You can have different common grounds of likes and dislikes, but generalizing goals and values, I definitely feel that that is critical for you to advance further in deepening your connection with a relationship. Okay. So next up, I definitely feel that you need to align yourself with somebody that can make time for you. Now, whether that be whatever your schedule is, it is one day a week, it's two days a week, it is an hour a week, it's, you know, every single hour of the week, you know, it's seven days a week. You definitely need to make time to spend with one another. That means one another one-on-one. So, you know, if it became down to, you know, if it's a new relationship, I feel like this is pretty easy to achieve because, you know, you're already in it, you're going out on dates, there are all of these things that sort of pop up. But if you are in a long term relationship, meaning that it's, you know, you're living together, when I say long term, you're not living together, you have to make time, you have to make time, you got to schedule in a date night, you're going to have to schedule in time, generally make sure that you're interested in that time, plan something out, I think that that is so critical and often we forget to do that a lot, especially when we get into the spicy life stuff, when it comes to marriage and kids and mortgage payments and all that stuff, we forget to plan the time with one another and making sure that, you know, your relationship can still stay healthy and alive and all of those good stuff. The Next piece of advice I would definitely suggest is to make it fun, like make it fun and keep aliveness there, whether that be like, whether that be it's in dating and or planning, I think that there is a certain, a certain like spice that it's not just about spending time with one another, but it's actually like, it's different. It's, it's deeply caring and connecting with that person making sure that that spiciness, like that aliveness is there. If it's planning a trip with that person, it's planning a special outing with that person. It's making sure that, you know, maybe you're including something, a a card for them, writing them a love letter. It's something to keep the relationship alive that goes above and beyond just spending time together and or a date night. I think that that is, maybe it's, you know, sending a random message to them. Maybe perhaps it's, you know, I think like, I don't know, planning a trip or something that is just out of character that you wouldn't do. I don't think that you should do that all the time, but I definitely think that you need to do that more often than not, because we tend to, again, when we get into 
the comforts of a relationship, meaning that, you know, you're beyond that dating, you're maybe perhaps living together, you know, you're spending more time is that we forget to do those. And those memories, those core stimulations in our brain are the things that root us and in, in, in connect us deeply together. So a great piece of advice, I think, would be to keep the aliveness there in your relationship beyond just spending time with one another, but actually deeply connecting with that person. There are so many great books that are on love and being connected and all the stuff. And one of them that I highly recommend that people uh, read, and I think it's great for couples, is love language. It's the five love language. It's five, the five love languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. And it's a book I read it years ago. And I think it's critical for you to be able to understand what your partner's love language is in vice versa for them, knowing what your love language is, knowing what their love language is. And I know that this might seem like it's a little crazy and out there, but trust me on this guys. It's so worth it because in order to deeply connect with somebody, understanding where their core, you know, love is and what they understand love to be and how they receive it is, is key. It's great to be able to understand, you know, that sometimes, uh, you know, your partner could have the gifts of love, you know, as their love language and, you know, maybe it's acts of affirmation or, or, or whatever the love language is, it's critical to be able to understand that and in its relationship so that you can have a deeper connection with that person as well. Love that book. And I think that when you can understand that it's, it's a deeper value that you get with your partner and it can be received in both sides. I also, by the way, I've done that on my kids as well. And it's a great way for understanding how your kids receive love and what they're looking for has love in return because everybody's love language is different. And it, uh, it's, it's a great way to set the foundation so that you know where your baseline is and where your starting points are. There's a great book. Um, there's lots of great books, but I, I definitely would highly recommend the five love languages. It's a great one. And it's a great for being able to understand where your partner is and how you can deepen your relationship, especially with understanding their love language a little bit more. Okay. So those are just some like generalized questions that I wanted to go over just to talk about new relationships and what that looks like. I did a lot of comparison for myself, um, putting myself out there and explaining, you know, what my relationship looked like and how that is, you know, sort of taking a new situation in my life and, I'm here for it. And the ups and downs of single life, it is, it's a little crazy. I'm not going to lie. I am that girl, Amanda. I'm often known for doing crazy things, being able to go out and climb mountains. I have, you know, traveled the world. I've been lucky enough to be able to do that in my career, but it's a little intimidating to go out and start uh, dating again. It has been a roller coaster of emotions 
especially when it comes to putting yourself out there. And I imagine that a lot of people feel this when they are single, when they're going through a new relationship, when they feel like they're very vulnerable and exposed, especially when they've come out of a community where, you know, socially they are married and now they're not. And it's sort of, they don't fit with their single friends, but then they don't really fit with their married friends either. So you kind of just end up in the middle and trying to navigate through what that looks like is difficult, I think, for people on either side of that spectrum and how not to cast judgment on either, you know, side of that. For a lot of, you know, my experiences where I like, I haven't had a lot of dating experiences, especially when I was younger, I kept my dating pool to a very low minimum. I had to work a lot when I was younger, I had to pay uh, through college and putting myself through school. So a lot of the times I just didn't have a lot of time to date. So that sort of has positioned me in a very vulnerable situation because I just don't have any experience with dating, let alone online dating. And the online dating platforms are, oh my gosh, they're a whole nother topic, a whole new situation. And I feel that it must be incredibly difficult for people to not feel overwhelmed and completely alone when they're going through that journey, especially when they're, you know, comparing themselves to other people on social media, when they're comparing themselves to their friends and so forth, when they are looking for a new relationship think online dating is a very challenging place to be able to deeply connect with people. It also doesn't offer a lot of stability either because there isn't a lot of consistency and or really transparency is difficult up there because you're really basing your judgment on a picture and it's either a swipe, you know, to the left or to the right, whether or not you, you like that person it sort of led me to start thinking about how grateful I am to have had a relationship. I've had a marriage. I've been able to have kids. I've been able to go through all of these things, all of these beautiful things in life and how empty it must feel for people that haven't experienced that and are really relying. Cause I know that I have some friends that are very, very deeply connected to trying to search for their soulmate and haven't found the one just yet. And although, you know, my relationship hasn't worked, it's failed. At the end of the day, I feel very, you know, beautiful in my life to be around my kids and to be surrounded by my community, about my people that love me. And, you know, everybody just is like so supportive of me And I love that for myself. I'm so grateful to have that and be able to experience those things in in life. Sometimes I think that we get caught up so much in the dating and, and or perfection. And I was listening to a podcast just a couple of weeks ago and they were saying about how they look at each date because they're difficult to, I think, sometimes 
you know, muster up the courage to go on, perhaps the strength to go on, because often I feel that they're not always in alignment, you know, to what you might be perhaps looking for. So it's sort of like a bit of a throw a dart in the dark kind of opportunity and then figuring out if that person really aligns for you or not, especially when you go through the online dating waters, because it's difficult to read uh, people. It's difficult to read personalities. We're judging people on a picture and very light conversation that's, you know, shows up through a messaging platform. It's difficult to read people, you know, in those circumstances. And often what comes through as a message is not always trans, you know, it's not transpired with emotion. So it's difficult to make the connection, you know, with those people. My gosh, I really wish that we would just like actually just go back to the 90s and just you know, go back to just regular old dating where you meet people, you give them a number, you exchange it, that's it. And like, we're good. You call people. It's different than hiding behind this messaging, uh, you know, platforms and systems. And it got me thinking where it's like a lot of people must experience this, just the emptiness and feeling alone because, you know, the dates come up empty handed because there really isn't a deep connection because it's sort of missed in the oversight of just being able to pick through somebody through, you know, a picture. For me, it's not it's not something that I feel that works for me. It's not something that I can really connect and have a good amount of successful data, I guess, from. But I do know that there are a lot of people that are out there that use those platforms. My big piece of advice right now is that if you are going through a healing moment in your life, especially if you're out of a relationship or you have been in and out of several relationships and you're using online dating, my big piece of advice would be to turn it off. It is a massive time consumer. Often it shows up, I think, where, you know, we're looking to have the gratification on the platform for somebody liking your post, somebody messaging a positive comment, somebody saying something that is a pick me up. It's releasing all of these endorphins into our body. What happens, though, is that we're so disappointed when we go out, when we show up on that date, when we're looking to make a connection with that person and it's really not the person we had hoped for or what it is, you know, going to be long term. And I would say that that often falls back down to because we're accepting people into our relationship without really taking into consideration what our goals and values are, especially what our values are, your values are as a person and not setting a clear boundary as to what, you know, that is. I would much rather sit and eat at a table alone than sit and eat at with company that doesn't believe in me and or value me. And it's always been the case for me where being alone has been sometimes my greatest spot for healing and development and really truly finding out who I am as a person knowing who I want to become as a person. But so many people, there are so many people that are out there that have this fear of being alone. And 
being alone is one of the most peaceful, quietest places that you can be in order to really heal yourself to move forward. I think if you're taking baggage into a new relationship and baggage being that there's emotional stuff that's there, maybe things that you haven't tidied up from your past, it often ends up with failed relationships in our future. So if you're looking for a deep connection with somebody, I really don't believe that that is possible from an online platform where it's based on a picture where you can swipe to the left or to the right and have a deep connection with somebody with messaging a few lines on a platform. I think a much deeper connection would be to invest the time into yourself, to be able to support yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, all of the stuff where all of your systems are put in into check and then go and explore the online dating and then go and be able to meet people in your community. I think that it is going to establish a much greater return for you in the long run. But the social media platforms, the dating platforms, there are a couple of things that I, I do think that they are great for, but for me personally, the, the, the cons far outweigh the pros from it. And often I feel that it contributes to a lot of distraction and not necessarily deep connection with people that you want to spend time with. Now, the other ways to uh, date, because I know I'm probably going to get a lot of feedback on this, where it's like, well, where would you go to meet people if you can't, you know, meet them from a dating app? And I would encourage so many people to get out and get out and be within your community of, you know, whether that be something like go join a sports team, go join a craft night, go join like there's so many things to get out there and be with people, surround yourself with people instead of surrounding yourself with dates that tend to really go nowhere. Now, hey, if you're the person that's sitting here on the end of this podcast saying, you know what, my dating life is amazing right now and I've got so many deep connections with so many people, that's amazing, you know, but that's not what this podcast and or episode was intended for. It's intended for people that are showing up to dates that are not being able to make connections with people because of the lack of, I think, really the, the content from where they're pulling it from. And I would arguably say that if you get out into your community, if you go join something, I think the likelihood of you making, and it's not maybe necessarily for a date, but a deep connection with somebody in, you know, that, that context, I think that we would have far more less lonely people that are out there versus having people that are showing up, you know, looking for comfort through a dating app. If you're looking to go out and try to find dating on a romantic level through a dating app, it is definitely proceed with caution for me. That's my advice. Proceed with caution because with 
online dating, I feel that there's just not enough transparency to really understand who people are, what their intentions are. And it's not to say that I know that I've had, there's some friends that I have that have been married through different, uh, online dating platforms. They've been super successful with it. And I do think that's possible, but there's just a lot of work that I think that you need to put into in order to find that person. And I would say more so for people that are, you know, really wired and programmed in their minds to, you know, looking to become a high achiever, if they're looking to become more than what, just showing up on, you know, a Friday night going to the movies and not having a whole lot of goals and or values in your life. And if that's your thing, that's cool. That, that, that's totally fine. But from my perspective, inside looking out and where I can see a common ground and, you know, topic that keeps on popping up with a lot of my friends and a lot of failed relationships is because a lot of them just don't have goals and values that are aligned from the very beginning. I just don't know if that's going to be possible to find that from online dating platforms that tend to have a lot of turnover, you know, policy and people tend to use those sites as more just random dating apps than actual deep connections with people. Some of my best life experiences that I've had um, was never from an online dating app. It was always from being able to put myself out of my comfort zone and get into community and events and be surrounded by like-minded people that are like myself that help me inspire and grow and, and all of that stuff. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons why I tend to travel or I enjoy a little bit of solitude as well, you know, where I would much rather go and spend a weekend alone in a hotel room, you know, reading and doing a spa day with myself and, you know, eating dinner by myself and all this stuff. I, I have no problem with doing those things because I literally just love being and growing and taking the time out for me. And I don't always need to have company around in order to fill that void and or loneliness that, you know, I'm seeking. One of the most common questions that I do get asked is, you know, when I travel is, am I always doing that alone? And the answer is most often, yes. If it's not alone, then it is often with my kids. But for mostly, most of the time when I am traveling, especially exploring new places, I do travel alone. And that is sometimes so intimidating to people when I begin to tell them that, where they'll look at it from a different lens of maybe, you know, oh, you're such a courageous person or, oh, you're such an adventurous person. I could never do that. There is a certain level of clarity that you're able to achieve with being able to hop on an airplane, go to a new city by yourself, experience that, read a book by yourself, eat dinner by yourself with no phone, climb a mountain by yourself, doing things in solitude, help you grow and understand yourself as a person, which makes you more confident with being able to not question the choices that you are making or the boundaries you are sitting and setting for a new relationship so that you're able 
to be able to have those deep connections. For me personally, I think that it's much more valuable time for me to invest in myself and being able to explain to somebody in in deep clarity what I am looking for in a relationship so I don't waste their time and they're not wasting my time. And the only way to achieve that is with being alone. So loneliness isn't always and doesn't have to be this negative context. It has to be this area that you're able to get to in order to grow and develop and have this beautiful experience for yourself. And I'm telling you, once you're able to get to that point, there's a whole different perspective that you start to see with coming off of different dates that perhaps haven't worked for you or haven't aligned with you. I know so many people that get upset about not being able to find somebody and they tend to beat themselves up and they tend to have this self-doubt and worry and woe that comes over them. And I'm here to say that if you do the work and you put the work into being alone and understanding that that's a safe spot to be, when you come off of those dates and those you know, maybe perhaps experiences that, you know, you go out and you you meet people. It's that you look at these as opportunities. It's a different mindset shift because you now look at them as opportunities for experiences for every little date just becomes this evolution of what you're not willing to settle for and what you are not looking for in another person, or maybe perhaps what you are looking for in another person. There are a lot of frogs out there that you got to kiss in order to find your prince. And that might take a while and it might take a while. And that's okay that it's going to take a while because the more time that I spend alone and growing and developing and understanding deeply who I am is the more clearer version of what I'm looking for in a partner. And I know that these people exist. Like somewhere on this, you know, billion population planet, there is somebody for everyone. There's somebody for everyone that's out there. You just have to find them. And one day you will find them. And don't you want to be able to find them as the best version of you that's possibly available with deep work and all of the inner work that you've been doing and, you know, all of that stuff versus letting somebody else's, you know, discontent of you become sort of erupted into not the clear version of what you could be. Meaning that, you know, if you're out and you're doing these dates and you know, you're getting upset and that energy is sort of like coming upon you where it's like you start to beat yourself up and then you start to believe all of that stuff. It's like, no, being alone and being confident with being alone is such an underrated superpower. And when you're able to sit with that, it is an absolute game changer. I think that for me, I know that I am not too much, but rather maybe just waiting for the possibility of a partner to align with me at the right time when the universe is ready 
And I would never want to play myself small for somebody else to feel big. I'm going to continue to live in my life's full capacity, embracing each new journey as an opportunity to grow and inspire people. And I know that I'm going to work endlessly for myself, for my family, for my kids, for my clients, for my team, for my community. And I know that I'm going to show up every day a little bit better than what I did the day before with or without somebody. But I know that the root of me, the best version of me, the most successful version of me is a confident, empowered, and aspiring version that is okay to be alone and is okay to go and walk the ends of the earth alone in hopes of finding somebody that can connect with me on a deep level with great goals and great values that we can work on together. But until that time, I am okay with being alone and embracing all that the universe has to offer. Until next time, guys, may you have the courage to be brave enough to walk alone, inspire each other, and have the confidence to be able to walk alone, grow alone, and I'm challenging you to eat alone with no social media, no phone, no device. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And until next time, may you conquer the world. is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning into the Creative Influencer Show. I hope that you have gained some inspiration today and you have left with your heart and your mind a little fuller. I love using this platform to chat, inspire, and discuss everything that lights my heart on fire. But a huge favor to ask for your girl, Amanda, here. If you enjoyed this show, then please subscribe to our channel and share it with two of your friends. Tag them on social media and tag us. Creating content for this platform is what brings me so much freaking joy. But I want to grow and share these growth mindset concepts with everyone. And I can't do that without your help. So share and comment and spread the love. Until next time, guys, may you find gratitude in every day and live to your fullest to be courageous enough to conquer the world.